Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. When we aren't afraid of death, we are less afraid of life. From these episodes, my aim is for all of us to take more risks in life, go after our dreams, have great relationships, and even have some joy in the process. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the number one international bestseller, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Mary Leah. Mary joins us from Westtown, New York. She's a retired chiropractor who currently works with special education students at the middle school level. Mary is an avid runner, has competed in two marathons, and you can often find her around her town pushing her dog Charlie, her handicapped Australian shepherd, in a bike stroller. Mary is the author of the forthcoming book, Between Two Worlds, the story of her daughter Juliet, who passed from cancer at the age of 19. The book is in three parts, first being her stories, well, Juliet's stories and poems from her journals before she passed. Part two is Mary's own thoughts and recollections. Part three, however, details the time after her daughter's passing when Mary hired a medium to connect with Juliet, who travels literally between two worlds. We're here today to talk to Mary Leah why she believes death brings an end to our physical bodies, but she knows our spirit or souls live on. Welcome to We Don't Die Radio, Mary. How are you today? Fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, delighted to have you. Delighted to um, have a preview copy of your book, And I, although I haven't read it all yet. Um, it's really a novel concept and uh, not one that I've heard of before, writing from this way. Thank you. So, will you tell us a little bit about your experience, your past, and maybe a little bit about your daughter and what happened? Yes, I'd love to. Um, I've always believed in life after death, and my daughter... Uh, got was diagnosed with cancer at age 12, and she passed yeah. at age 19. And we had a life, a lot of life in between there. Um, one thing that I needed to know when she was passing, and, and we were kind of fortunate that we had some time to be able to talk. And as a mom or anybody that you love that passes, you really want to know that they're okay. That's right. the main thing, that they're okay and that they're happy. So I asked her, I said, please, Juliet, you have to let me know that you're okay. And she said she will, you know, she'll really try. So after she passed, about a couple of months later, I contacted a medium in the hope of connecting with her. And what I learned and what I found out really just validated everything I felt. Um, and, of course, everybody will want to know, well, what, what really made you believe that it was actually her? Mm -hmm. And one of the things is that um, she wanted to leave her brother something special. And we talked about having a pendant made, and it was going to be the Chinese character for forever in your heart. Um, and she never got to see it because we had the idea, and I went to a jeweler and had it made, but she passed before she got to see it. And at that reading, she uh, described the pendant to the medium who does auto writing, and drew a picture of it, and the picture of the symbol was the one that's on the pendant. Wow. And I, that for me did it. Of course. Uh, yeah. oh, you just <laughs> you gave know, me goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thanks. But um, 
so that that was the first thing and in that same reading you know when when she finally contacted she she was right there and she says hi mom hi mom hi mom she says i'm not dead i'm not really dead not like people think she says read what i wrote on my essay she goes it really was like that for me she says mom mom will know what i mean just tell her huh. and and she had written an essay about um matter can never be created or destroyed only changed and it talks about um, passing over and what happens to our bodies and how we um, join in the matter and, and everything that's gone before us. Um, what a brilliant so daughter. Knew. Oh, my. Yeah. It, it was really amazing. And she also came through on a reading of a friend. Um, you know, everybody likes to try to do something special on their anniversary date of somebody that passed. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I um, went eagle watching. That was something we had done with the kids. We live near the Delaware River, and they tend to nest there in the uh, wintertime. So we, we did do that, and we had a nice day. And when my friend had a reading a couple weeks later, um, she was waiting her turn to speak, and then when it was her turn, she started singing Fly Like an Eagle mm-hmm. to her and, and told her, she says, I know Mom and Dad went eagle watching. She said, please let them know. Oh. So, so those things really made That's it That's pretty, pretty validating. Thank you, yes. And one of the most exciting things that happened, and this was maybe a year or two later, my husband had lost his keychain. Mm-hmm. And on it he had a um, something that Juliet had bought him for Christmas time when they were in second grade, and they have these little Christmas fairs at school, and also a bead from um, some hair things that she used to wear, and our wedding ring was on there. Um, and he lost it, and he looked for it everywhere. About a year, he had kept looking and going back places. We painted the kitchen, took everything down off the top of the cabinets, and uh, when we were finished and we were putting everything back up, I climbed up on top of the cabinet. I'm only four foot ten, so I'm really short. I climbed everywhere. <laughs> so I climbed up on the cabinet and um, was putting things away, and I reached up there because I can't even see once I stand on the cabinet, and I picked up the keys, and I showed them to him, and I said, here are your keys. He didn't put them there. I didn't put them there. And then my sister had a reading, and she says, tell Mom I was with them when they found the keys that I wanted to make a believer out of Dad. Oh, wow. So so those things really um, really reinforced for me and, and made me glad to know that, you know, we can still have a relationship. I can still share in the growth of her soul, and she can still oh. share in our lives, too. That's beautiful. I've never heard it put that way. The share in the growth right. of her soul. Because we do yeah. continue growing, right? We do continue growing. And, in fact, after having several readings, initially she was very angry. Um, she was angry at um, what was the point of her having cancer. She was so young. She had pain. She had limitations. Um, and now, at the readings that I've had recently, she's realized that um, – that it was all worth it and that there really was a, a point to it at the end and that that was her mission to come here and to have cancer and that to leave because it would make more of an impact. So she was angry in the readings, in the first readings. Yeah, she was still angry oh. in the readings. And then as she began to work out, um, what happens is they have a soul review. And as she starts to go over her life and realizes how anger pay, played a part in her life, um, and realizes that anger is too heavy an emotion to have and that it prevents you from growing um, here on earth too. Yeah. So um, being able to work through the reason and her purpose for being here and going back into her records helped her to understand. And she is adamant about how 
worth it it is in the end. That don't be sad. Don't think bad of it. Just as it's all worth it. Wow. So that can hold true for any of us going through, yeah. no matter what we're going through right now. Yeah. Anything, right. Any emotional issues, relationship issues, people dying, job changes. You know, there's, there's plenty of things that, that happen, but we don't always see the big picture. Wow. So, so I read the bit of the bio about you, um, and I'm guessing in your writing in the first part, is her um, essay about matter in that? Um, that's or something in, similar? Yeah, she has an essay in there. She was an excellent writer. Uh-huh. Um, and so what that was one of the essays that she wrote that I included in the book. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. What a gift. And then, so we get to learn a lot about Juliet from her own journal, right? And her yes, own... there are parts when I had a question about what was going on emotionally with her during that mm-hmm. time, what her thought processes were. Um, and so I would ask the medium a question and she would respond. And it, that's indicated in the text with an asterisk when she's responding from the other side so that you could see... Um, you know, can clarify and help the reader understand what was going on during that time. Yeah. How long have you been in communication with her? Um, She is passed in March of 2010, and in June of that year is when I first made contact with her. Okay. So relatively recently in the big scheme of things. Yes. Yes, actually. It's, It's all very new, you know, very recent. And then I'm assuming in the beginning it was looking for confirmation that she's still alive and well. You just can't see her. Yes. Um, and then later on it got to when I um, started doing the book and I had questions, I just would ask the medium to ask her and, and we would go from there. Or she had something she wanted to tell me because she was big on, you know, she always had a lot to say. <laughs> um then I would just listen, you know, and be able to ask her questions. Wow. It's really, anybody that has had somebody that they've lost, Mm -hmm. I know people have a lot of, you know, jokes that they make about mediums and psychics, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it really is a great healing tool um, for somebody that that wants to still continue a relationship or want to have um, that kind of experience. It's great. It's just another, you know, thing to try. Does the medium that you work with feel that, uh, Juliet's a little bit different that she comes across strong and clear and it, it it just seems so great that she's able to be so vocal you know like come through so strong yes and I'm not sure if it's with that with everyone well because I don't I've, have any other experience but. right I've talked to a lot of people both mediums and people that have been to mediums and it seems that sometimes there's really well and most of the times there's something that'll come through that's really specific uh um, I interviewed somebody actually this morning uh Stephen Masick is his name he's a medium and he came right out and said uh something about a tire your dad was just with you something about a tire and yesterday I had nail in my tire and had to get it fixed so yeah that's that that is (laughs) um evidence to me uh, right there but it seems like so often uh with mediums it's not 
you know, it might take a few times. Well, how about this? How about this? And then it's yes. like, yeah. I, and then there's might, the tire, yeah. you know. <laughs> it might take a few times. And I often wonder if it's um, also both people and the connection that you're making. Yeah, but it seems um, like there's something very special and extraordinary between you, uh, your daughter, and this medium that you're actually able to have a dialogue. Yes, yes. What kind of dialogues have you had that are included in your in your book, Between Two Worlds? Um, well, the last section is um, conversation with her or what she's had to say that I couldn't fit in the book in certain spots because I tried to fit them where they belonged in the story and yeah. chronologically. Uh-huh. So um, if I felt something was important, that last section are all things from the media, my questions I would ask and, and things that she would relate to me about um, what was going on, you know, there and now. Does your you know, daughter and, give any insight or any words of wisdom for other people? Yes. One of the big things she said is that um, often when we lose somebody that we love, um, when they leave you, you think of how your loss relates to that person. So we think of how, like, okay, they're not going to be here for so-and-so's wedding and, you know, yeah, they're going to miss sure. their birthday. And she said, but we here, we lose everything and everyone we know and love, everything. She says, people, family, friends, pets, everything. She says, being here is beautiful and wonderful, but she says, just take that into consideration that we still, even though it's wonderful, when we leave here, we still need to go through certain processes. And there's a period of time to work out those issues, like anger or sadness, or if you have an illness for your, to get better. And if we're sitting here, it distracts them and they can't focus. So she asked us to take that into consideration, that if we're sad, they can't focus and they can't grow and we want them to have the freedom to experience and grow so that's just something for me that I never thought about it was always you know one-sided how my loss affected me not how she felt about losing people you know and not being there yeah there's people you hear stories that people grieve for 40 years and that yeah. being the case their loved one is probably spending their time concerned about them as opposed to having their own soul growth and, you know, she says, we that are here all want you to be happy. And just like, you know, me personally, and I know anyone that's had lost somebody, we want them to be happy also. And it's not forever. I mean, each day gets a little better and each day gets a little easier. Yeah, there's no no doubt about that. I mean, there's still times, as you know, that something will trigger. And whether we believe or not, there's still sadness because as human beings, we love and we lose something physically that we love. And, and there's grief and there's sadness. Yeah, and one thing she said is people, like, when you leave, um, a lot of people stop living just because the person they love is no longer here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that one person didn't make up your whole life. So you don't want your whole life to be spent missing that person either. You know, there there's a whole lot of other life that you have left to live while you're here. So, um so that's something to think about also. Oh, definitely, definitely. Has she spoken about, um, I mean, does she call it heaven or the other side or what you know, it's like or if there's loved ones there? Yes, it's interesting, actually. She told me um, on Earth we try to understand about heaven, and she says it's not like it's another place like Florida. She says it's, <laughs> another, she says, it's another state of being. She goes, all it is is a state of consciousness. It's not 
it's not even how you think, it's how you feel inside, being peaceful. She says, and um, you can have that there. You don't need, in here, you don't need to go anywhere. You can have that yourself while you're still here on Earth. Wow. Does she have a body? Does she have, is it just No, she doesn't have a, she has a soul body now, but she doesn't have a physical body. You know, we're not, I mean, I'm trying to visualize this, but I don't think anybody can truly get it till it's our time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, um, but she says you don't have to go anywhere else for things to get better, that it's really the opposite, that you don't, you know, you're kind of in the promised land. Everybody talks about a promised land. You have a promised land right here. You know, don't waste it. So we're you know, already I'll- here. We're already here. She says, I'll be here when you get here. She goes, but... Oh, that's sweet. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. She said, but, um, you know, it's um, it's important to not waste the time that's here, that you're here either. Yeah. So often we hear of heaven on earth and uh, not that I've been to heaven or not that I know, but there's... Sometimes I go out for walks, Mary, and I see beautiful flowers or this, hear the songs of the birds or the setting sun and it it really is heaven on earth so there's yeah there's so much to be said for living while we're here and has she spoken about any loved ones that are she's seen over there or pets or any i mean i know that might sound crazy but no it's not actually she saw our cat who she was very close to he was 19 when he passed wow after her yep and she's funny. She says, yeah, I did see Leo, but you know him. He's always got, you know, he doesn't, he was not a very affectionate cat until, you know, he got older. Um, she also um, has seen, been with my grandmother, you know, her great-grandmother. And my husband's brother, um, her uncle, had passed when he was uh, 42. And uh, she's been with him. But she, uh, and she can go and visit anybody that she wants. But she says they tend to stay in soul groups together of people that are kind of at the same level. Um, that's where they tend to spend most of their time. Say more about that. So it's not necessarily a relative, it's just... It can be It can be a relative. There are relatives that have passed that she's seen, but I don't know if they're in what she called a soul group. Hmm. Um, a soul group are people that are kind of, um, I guess, like her. I don't know whether it's developmental-wise or spiritual-wise. Um, or maybe something that they want to work on. I'm not not quite sure about that, but that's I, I'm just picturing being in ninth grade or tenth grade, and then okay, it's time to go to eleventh grade and then be a senior. It's just, you know, I I think because we always hear the stories about uh, young souls, and oh, he's an old soul. You know, you, you get some yeah. very wise young people, but I can kind of get it that um, while we're here we learned so much and um that there's a certain stage of our development and so you're with people that are about on the same level as you um how about the the theory of reincarnation is there any been any talk about her coming back or any of that along that lines yes actually she's spoken about the reason that we have and enjoyed such a close relationship on earth and now is because we've lived together many lives before this um, we've always lived together as family and as loving each other unconditionally. And I guess that carried over into her lifetime here with me. That's really sweet and really special. Yeah, yeah. We're very lucky that way. And I'm lucky to have a daughter like this that we can, you know, we still have a connection. Yeah. Is she happy? I mean, does it sound? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's very happy. She, <laughs> she, She's great. Yep. 
she she's enjoying herself, and uh, she was always a happy kid here too. Um, but she is happy, and she's learning a lot. And and can she see everything you're doing? And is she with you? Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. She uh, she sees what I'm doing. She says when I learn something or when I read something, she does also. So she says it actually helps her. When when I'm learning, she's learning. When I'm having fun, she's having fun. Well, that's happy. Yes, it is happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Today uh, is or would have been my grandmother and my dad's birthday. My grandmother had my dad on her 18th birthday. Oh, that's so special. And they're both in heaven right now. Uh-huh. And when I woke up this morning, I just visualized them in front of me and sang happy birthday to them. Oh, and that's sweet. P- part of me thinks I'm talking to myself because it's so easy to, you know, forget this whole world. But by you just saying that, it's it it just made me very happy that um, they're sharing the joy and sharing the learning and and all of that as well. Yeah. Yes, don't doubt it. They are. That's awesome. How is your life different now than it was, than it may have been before, knowing that Juliet is still very much alive? Oh, gosh, it's made all the difference. I have more fun knowing that she's there. I don't feel guilty. Um, Talk about that for a second, would you? Because there's (laughs) guilt. There are so many people that can't go on with life because they feel so guilty of what they did, what they shouldn't have done, what they shouldn't have said, and they just, they're totally, totally, totally stopped in their own life. Yes, you will drive yourself crazy. Right. You will always doubt yourself. Because the outcome was not what you wanted, there has to be a reason. And even if the reason is your fault, you want there to be a reason. Right. So, um... You, you wish things are different, and that's really what the whole guilt is about. Um, could I have done something to change it? And the real reality is, if you could have, are you going to feel any better? <laughs> you know, they're still gone. Um, your intent is what they know. You know, they know that you, um, what the meaning behind your actions and stuff are. So I would tell people, please don't waste your energy on feeling guilty. You know, yeah. they know you love them. They know that you did your best. And whatever your best was at that point, you know, you're going to be a different person 10 years from now or five years from now than you were, you know, previously. So yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, okay. Mary. At any given time, we do the best we know to do. Mm-hmm. And if we could have known something different, then we would have done something different. So guilt can be a waste of time. But I also, you know, know what it's like to, to feel guilt. After, right before my dad died, um, his best friend called him. And dad was in the hospital and he was completely drugged up. He had cancer and was in a tremendous amount of pain. So he was at the point where he was so loaded with pain medication, I could only trust that he could hear, but -hmm. I had no idea if he could or if he couldn't. So his best friend called and wanted to say goodbye and gave him the most beautiful, loving uh, message uh, to him and I held the phone to my dad's ear and of course I can hear the whole conversation and then you know hung up and then dad died so after he died I realized that I held the phone to my dad's deaf ear oh no oh yeah oh. and I felt I mean you have no idea how guilty I felt for so 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 long and it actually took a choice and saying, Sandra, you believe in life after death. Look at all the things you've uncovered. You have to trust that dad got that message. 
You yeah. have to trust. And guilt, and I think is like a habit, like brushing our teeth. The more we feel guilty thoughts or the more we think them, the more automatically we'll think more of them. So we've yeah, got, sounds repetitive. They yep. are. They are. Yeah. So it's not necessarily our fault. And we can you know, shift our thought to something more empowering or think of a happy memory or think of something you're grateful for to get off that, that guilty train. Yes. Every time you have that negative thought, you need to replace it with a positive one, even if you don't believe it right then. <laughs> Just keep saying it, you know, and, and you'll get through to yourself eventually. Oh, it's like telling people to smile, even if they don't feel happy, eventually yeah. they will feel happy. And it's true. And it's it's hard to do. It really is when you're not in the mood, but it, it definitely, definitely works. I agree. Yeah. How about um, your husband? How's he doing with this? How's your relationship? It, it's a disgusting number, but there's you there's 90% of um, couples that divorce after a child dies. That's just what's so. And I think a lot of it has to do with grief, has to do with guilt, has to do with blame. And you've been married how long? I will be married 32 years this year, I believe. Long time. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm sure things aren't always easy because it's a relationship. But do you think there's a difference in your relationship knowing that Juliet's still alive uh, than could have been had you not found out this information? I think for me, yes, because I think I would have been um, much more depressed, you know, more clinically depressed mm-hmm. um, than I was. Because everybody said, when you, you know, it takes time to get, you know, your wife kind of reorganized. And, um, and, and the hard part that my husband and I, and actually my son, uh, finally came to is that we were going to respect each other's way to grieve. And we didn't grieve the same way. Mm. Um, you know, I, I was more introspective, um, and I would, you know, cry a lot. Um, and my husband, his, he would work a lot because he needed to stay busy. I needed to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about it. (laughs) So, you know, we, we couldn't be everything to each other and that was okay. And we all agreed that if it got to be too much, that we would make sure that we got to, you know, to talk to each other, especially my son. Um, who didn't want to share his feelings or talk about, you know, his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told him that I would not keep bothering him and asking him to share, but he had to promise that if it got too overwhelming, that he would let me know. And he did. There was a point where it was overwhelming for him um, so that I was, you know, was able to trust that it was okay. And we each made our own way out. And, you know, maybe it was luck. Maybe it was just respect um, to give each other the space and to be forgiving because a lot of times we're cranky because we're upset and don't realize it and we Mm -hmm. take it out on the people that we love. Oh, it's so easy to do that. Oh, yeah. You know, you can go out and go to work and you can be okay at work and you put on the face all day. (laughs) Then you come home. And then you come home and, you know, everybody else has got to deal with your stuff. And it's not fair to them, you know. So we did try to, you know, give each other some room, you know, Mm -hmm. and allow each other, you know, time to, you know, to heal and however we needed to do it. Has your husband or your son been with you in the room with the medium? and heard any of those communications? Yes, and, you know, they're just so practical type A people that they just, um, I know my husband is kind of on the fence. Yeah. Um, even though he's had more vivid dreams of being with her, you know, than I have. Um, yeah. He said it'll be so real, like he's having a conversation with him, with her, and I say you are. Um, and so he does want to believe it, 
And my son is not sure either. You know, they kind of, uh, which which is interesting with me writing the book because, you know, I was all into it. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, they kind of just sat on the sidelines and said, if it makes you feel better and if it helps you, then, then they support that. Yeah, and it's so interesting, Mary, because when I wanted to write my book, um, first of all, I didn't know if anybody would even be interested in it. I had this picture that I'd lose my friends and family because Uh they'd think I turned into one of those people. (laughs) Uh, And then when I had the courage to tell a publisher what I wanted to write on, I mean, I thought this man was going to think I was a lunatic. (laughs) Um, There's so much fear when it comes, you know, to that. And then finally, when I did, and even in my day job, I mean, you've read my book, so you know that I'm a chef for race car teams. I was petrified to even let the people know that I work with that I wrote the book. And one of the race car drivers, dads, owns a print shop. And he showed up to the racetrack with this gigantic banner that says, is there any proof of life after death? (laughs) Sandra Champlain says yes. Right, this giant standing banner with my picture, a picture of the book. And, of course, it's the nicest gift ever. But I'm I'm like, holy cow you know everybody's gonna know and I was so afraid well what happened was more and more and more people came to me that have either had like a a near-death experience or they were with a loved one that died and something really cool happened or they've lost a child or a spouse and they were looking for answers um I didn't expect it to be received with such open arms. Even, you know, a man who was an atheist, he says it changed his life and gave him belief. You know, oh, and wow. so, and one, even one of the race car drivers bought a book just to support me. And he says, I don't even like this kind of stuff, but just because I like you, I'll buy a copy, but I probably won't read it. And I thought, well, all right, you know, you don't have to. But ultimately he read it and he says the best book he's ever read, but three cases, you know, and here I was scared to death what people are going to think and um i think our family who loves us the most you know that yeah they might be uncertain as to what it all is but in time you know like i've got the most proud mom on the planet just you know she says you're gonna change the world and in the beginning she was (laughs) really uh, thanks she was really unsure so we're each on our own journey and um and i respect people wherever they're at you know, uh, but, you know, I've talked, overheard my mom telling people that have had a loss, you need to talk to my daughter, you know, oh, and so I might not necessarily, nice yeah, hear it, but, but I, you know, I trust that they're, they're proud of you and, and even your husband having those dreams, what a gift and uh, old soul, young soul, it doesn't really matter. I mean, he'll get it when he gets it. When I think of me 15 years ago, I, I would be the last person that would ever talk life after death because I knew it wasn't real and I knew mediums were all a scam I mean that that's me and so we it, it just takes time I think it's a big change yeah it's, and what yeah. do you and I did have similar experience and yeah. it is very scary to put your whole life out there kind of oh I mean I've is. always thought of myself as a private person but mm-hmm. now not so much I guess no definitely <laughs> everybody not everybody will know my story and it's kind of freeing in a way people write to me Mary and they will refer to something about me I'm thinking how the heck do they know I'm like oh yeah I wrote about it (laughs) (laughs) I opened up my my soul Um, anyways that's okay what do you see for 
the future, meaning your book is, okay, we're going to, it's going to be published within the next year, correct? Uh, no, actually, it got an early release. It wasn't due out till October, and yeah. I've had friends that have bought it on Amazon already in Barnes & Noble, even oh, though it's September 1st. How they exciting. They ordered the book and got it. Well, that makes me very, very happy. I'll do the same thing. Um, so, but still, now here's the question. Okay. So the book is out now. I mean, we're going to visualize in lots and lots of hands and lots of people are reading it. What do you say is the impact for people in their life from reading it? I think they're going, or I would hope, that it gives them that peace of mind to know the people that they love are still with them. Mm -hmm. They can still talk to them, include them in their life, and that they can have and enjoy the rest of their life knowing that they'll be with them again. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I think that that would help um, a lot of people. Yeah, and that's what you're ultimately up to, aren't you? Helping people? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Well, our time is coming to the end, but I just want to ask you, is there anything else you want to say? Any little, oh, I need to say this, or I forgot to say this. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. And okay, if it doesn't, it's fine. Anything? Yes, actually, um, kind of, you're not trying to prove that where you go is better, that, but that it's always, it can be better where you are. Where you are can always get better. So say don't say that, that again, because, you know, I, all of a sudden it hit me. I hate to say this, but there's a lot of people that end their own lives thinking they're going to something better. Right. So wh what are you saying? I don't think, I, in some ways it might be better, but I think being here on the earth is a terrific gift. And I think here we're able to um, immerse ourselves more in emotions and our senses. I'm not sure it's the same over there, mm -hmm. or maybe it is. But um, but I think while we're here, we shouldn't waste the opportunity we have. Yeah, because it really can be delightful. Whether you know, I I saw a movie last night with my aunt and just really loved being with her. We saw the hundred foot journey. I think that's what it's called. Oh. It was really really entertaining. Okay. It spent time together. Yeah, you'd like it. Um, but. There's so many things that we can, I think, experience with our senses here, especially when we can slow our minds down. And even like I said in the beginning, I was out for a walk and I saw the most beautiful flowers, you know. And then, you know, sometimes I just wonder, you know, and it might sound a little silly, but was there somebody with a paintbrush once in heaven long ago that said, you know, Earth needs to have this and this and this. I mean, there's really a lot of miraculous things on our planet when we slow down and take the time to look and yeah. it can be that heaven on earth one more thing if, sure. if you don't mind no. I'd like to just read the last paragraph of that essay she wrote I put it on the back of a remembrance card for her mm -hmm. and I think it's a nice closing it says when my time to die is near I will not grieve I will accept my fate calmly and when the body is gone I will rejoice to join the symphony of time contained in every living breathing body my heart will sing at the thought of joining the matter of the dinosaurs, the cavemen, the uncountable men and women long since dead, each with his own story and each a part of the remarkable pageant of time, to be one with a delicate flower, a soaring bird, a mighty redwood tree, and every star and planet of the galaxy. That's beautiful. Thank you. Coming from a 19-year-old. Actually, she was younger. She was about 17 when she wrote that. <laughs> wow. 
Mary, thank you for sharing Juliet with us, your husband, oh. Sal, your son, you. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. It really, really has been a gift. Thank you. I yeah. hope it And we hadn't met before, and I just love this because now I feel like I have a new friend, and it, it's so easy <laughs> to talk to, and it, it's you so, are, yeah, so inspiring. Yeah, really? I angst about it since we made the um the interview appointment and uh and actually it's it went very well. Thank you. You're very easy to talk to. And... Oh. I've been on a lot of um radio shows myself for my book and in the beginning I was so so nervous and then I thought, well, if I ever have my radio show, this is how it's going to go. And so <laughs> I think I'm fulfilling about it. Just yes. a nice conversation. And yes. I I really truly believe these interviews are every bit for me as they are for our listeners. Every I think every one of us needs a little reminder that we don't die, that our loved ones are still around, that our life is for a purpose. I think we do. And yeah, I agree. And I, I'm hoping you're, you have a smile on your face and this will leave you with a you know, positive tone for the rest of your day too. It, well, it really was um, was great for me to be able to share with everybody. Oh, thanks. thanks. Well, all that being said, this is to our wonderful listener and to Mary. We have a website called We Don't Die Radio dot com, and you can find out more about Mary Leah and all of our past guests on that website. And then Mary's website is MaryLeah dot com. And Leah is spelled L-I-A. And if it's not too much trouble, I ask if you could, you the listener, and Mary, if you liked the interview, take a moment and just go to iTunes and put up a rating or a real short review of the show. Believe it or not, the more ratings and reviews, the more iTunes advertises the show, and ultimately the more people who might be grieving the loss of a loved one can hear just a, the right episode for them that can really give them some hope in their life. So if you don't mind, go to iTunes and just type in We Don't Die and you'll see my yellow and purple square that says We Don't Die. So, I love it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks. And I and actually, actually, too, if you have trouble with that website, because I, I know I, I told you I had some technical issues, but mm-hmm. info at betweentwoworlds.us um, might be another site you can go on for me. Info um, at between two worlds. Dot US. US. So what I'll do is on the we don't die radio uh, dot com site, I'll put both links and so we'll, okay. make, we'll make sure people. Yeah, get just that. in case. So I'm going to offer a challenge today for Mary, for myself, and for you. Uh, Do one little thing today that will make a difference in the life of another person. And it can be something small, like giving somebody a compliment, or just picking up the phone and calling somebody you haven't talked to in a long time, or who knows what, saying hello in the supermarket. But do one little thing, and I tell you, it'll make a difference for you too. This is Sandra Champlain. I believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. Thanks for listening to We Don't Die Radio and we'll see you soon. 